I would like to invite all of our elementary children who are here to come up on stage with me this morning. Would you come up? Everybody who's 12 and under, come on up. Give them a hand clap. Is it okay if we stay up here for a few minutes and I read you a story? Okay, why don't you guys have a seat? You can sit down and listen in. Well, the parents can listen in because it's just us right now. We're going to talk. I do have a special gift for each one of you, but you're going to have to wait. Oh, you're going to have to wait. Okay. Um, Have you ever had something that you, can you think of something that you waited for that took a really long time? What was something like that? No, you've not waited for like a special game or anything like that? A special Pokemon? No? Ah, I knew it. Um, What have you waited on that's taken a long time? She, she said, getting to Branson, Missouri. We spent the week in Branson with our extended family, and that was great. It did take a little while. Brighton, what's something that you've waited on? Going to Splash Mountain. When we went to Disney World, you have to wait in the line for a while. Actually, Splash Mountain was super fast because the rain had just cleared. But the other rides we had to wait on, like Pooh and all of these other things, we had to wait for a while. What's something? Yeah, Winnie the Pooh. I wasn't saying something bad. <laughs> He's like, why is pastor saying poo on the stage? Okay. What else? What's something that you've waited for? Something that you've waited for. And it took a very long time. She said in her house, they had a remodel project and she just it got finished yesterday. So she's really excited. Is there something that you've waited on that you can think of? Okay, a little ball that you attach to your hat that you can keep punching. Doesn't that sound fun, guys? That sounds awesome. Jordan, is there something that you've been waiting for? <laughs> okay. <laughs> is there something you've waited on, Jordan? Something that took a really long time? Anything you can think of? No. Okay. Well, here's the deal. We are all waiting for something in our life. Do you guys know any Dr. Seuss books? Okay, give me the title of a Dr. Seuss book. Hop on Pop. What's another one? Oh, The Places You'll Go. Preston. Abigail, you want to come join us? Come up here and sit by Jordan. What's that? How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Okay. What's another Dr. Seuss book? Can anybody else? The Cat in the Hat. There's a ton of them, right? Well, I wanted to read you a little bit out of a book that Dr. Seuss wrote, and it's called, Oh, the Places You'll Go. Listen to what it says. He's talking about the waiting place where people are just waiting, waiting for a train to go, or a bus to come, or a plane to go, or the mail to come, or the rain to go. (laughs) or the phone to ring, or the snow to snow. Have you waited for the snow to snow? Did you guys enjoy the snowfall we just had? That was pretty awesome, right? That was pretty exciting, especially for me. So, or waiting around for a yes or no. Have you ever waited for mom or dad to give you a yes or no? Or waiting for their hair to grow? 
Have you waited for your hair to grow? Everyone is just waiting. Waiting for the fish to bite. Judah, have you ever gone fishing with your grandpa? Have you, have you waited for the fish to bite? You put the worm on the hook and they just don't bite. It says, or waiting for wind to fly a kite or waiting around for Friday night, holler parents, or waiting perhaps for their uncle Jake. Do you have an uncle Jake? Okay. Or a pot to boil or a better break or a string of pearls. Brighton is wearing some pearls this morning or a pair of pants. When you wake up in the morning, do you wait for a pair of pants? Okay, or a wig with curls? Or another chance? Everyone is just waiting. So here's the thing. Your life is filled with waiting. All of our lives are filled with waiting. I know something that we're all waiting for, and that is Christmas. It's coming tomorrow. Are you so excited? So in the heart... Here, shh. Christmas is tomorrow. <laughs> so, here is something. Here is something really important for you to know, though. Dr. Seuss's book, when he talks about the waiting place, where people are just waiting for things and they're waiting for stuff to happen, every human heart is waiting for something too. And the thing that we're waiting for is Jesus Christ. They may not know that they're waiting for this thing or this person, and they may search in vain by using other things in their life to be able to try to fill it. But the truth is we are all waiting and we're waiting on a person, the only person who can complete our heart and his name is Jesus. I want to read to you guys a small portion from the Jesus Storybook Bible. Do you guys have one of these? Have you ever seen one? You do? Great. I'm going to read a little passage today for us. It's talking about God, and it says that God's voice, this is like God speaking, so I'll try to pretend like I sound like God, okay? I can't stop loving you. You are my heart's treasure. Do you think that's what God sounds like? Does he have a deep voice? Well, I don't, I'm not sure what his voice sounds like audibly like that, but let's continue reading. He says, I'm coming for you. I am like the sun that gently shines on you, chasing away darkness and fear and death. I'm going to send my messenger, the promised one, the one you have been waiting for, the rescuer. He is coming, so get ready. It had taken centuries for God's people to get ready, but now the time had almost come for the best part of God's plan. God himself was going to come, not to punish his people, but to rescue them. God was getting ready to wipe away every tear from every eye and the true party. Did you hear me talk about a party earlier? The true party is about to begin. So this right here shows the universe and it shows a tiny little town that's right there, and it's Bethlehem. It says, everything was ready. The moment that God had been waiting for was here at last. Have you ever thought about that? No. That God waits for things too? No. 
that's pretty special. Listen to what it says. It says, the moment that he was waiting for was finally here. God was coming to help his people, just as he promised in the beginning. But how would he come? What would he be like? What would he do? Mountains would have bowed down, seas would have roared, trees would have clapped their hands, but the earth held its breath. As silent as snow falling, he came in. And when no one was looking, in the darkness, he came. Look at the picture here. There's an angel, and he's talking to someone. Can you guess who that person is? It's Gabriel, and he's talking to Mary. There was a young girl who was engaged to a man named Joseph. Joseph was the great, 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 great grandson of King David. One morning, this girl was minding her own business when suddenly a great warrior of light appeared right there in her bedroom. What would you do if an angel showed up in your bedroom? You might be a little scared, and I think she was too, but here's what he, he says. His name is Gabriel, and he's an angel, a special messenger from heaven. When she saw the tall, shining man standing there, she was frightened. You don't need to be afraid. Oh, okay, because he sleeps in the bottom bunk. I got you. So Gabriel said, you don't need to be scared. God is very happy with you. Mary looked around to see if perhaps he was talking to somebody else. Mary, Gabriel said, and he laughed with such gladness that Mary's eyes filled with tears. Mary, you're going to have a baby, a little boy. You will call him Jesus. He is God's own son. He's the one you've been waiting on. He's the rescuer, the God who flung planets into space and kept them whirling around and around, the God who made the universe with just a word, the one who could do anything at all was making himself small and coming down as a baby. Wait, God was sending a baby to rescue the world? But it's too wonderful, Mary said, and felt her heart beating really fast. How can it be true? Is anything too wonderful for God, Gabriel said? So Mary trusted God more than what her eyes could even see, and she believed, I am God's servant, so whatever God says, I will do. Okay, this is them traveling, and where are they traveling to? Does anybody know? Good job, Abigail. Sure enough, it was just as the angel had told them. And nine months later, Mary was almost ready to have her baby. But Mary and Joseph had to take a trip to Bethlehem, the town that King David was from. Every bed was already taken because they got there a little bit late. Have you ever gotten somewhere late? Yes, your parents have gotten somewhere late. And you know what they do? They actually blame it on you. That's right. Isn't that right? Okay. So they stayed. So they stayed where the cows and the donkeys and the horses stayed. Here, listen to this last part of the story, okay? It says, and there in the stable among the chickens and the donkeys and the cows, okay? In the quiet of the night, God gave the world his wonderful gift. The baby that would change the world was now born. God's baby son. So Mary and Joseph wrapped him up to keep him warm. They made a soft bed of straw and they used the animal's feeding trough as his cradle. And they gazed in wonder at God's great gift wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Mary and Joseph named him Jesus, Emmanuel, which means God has come to live with us because of course he has. 
And this is a really incredible part of the story that talks about the light of the world. What happened with a star? Can anybody tell me? What happened with a star in the story about Jesus' birth? Shepherds and wise men came to see him. The shepherds were told by the angel that they would find a baby in a manger. And the wise men traveled from really far away and they followed a star to come and find Jesus. And when they got there, they worshiped him. Isn't that pretty awesome? He was a little bit older. I'm raising correct theology children who say it took the wise men a little while to get there. He was probably most likely two years old by the time they arrived. They weren't there that night. But here's the deal. The reason why we read this story is because every human heart is waiting for something. Now, when you got up here, I told you you were going to wait for something. Are you ready to get what you're waiting for? Are you sure? Okay. All right. It's over here. Nope, not ice cream. It's candy canes that you can open once you get back to your parents in a second. Okay, take a candy cane. Everybody gets one. And I have something else for each of you, too. Take, oh, careful. And Abigail, I've got you one right here. Two. Okay, now here's a better gift than that. Are you ready? Something really special that Pastor wanted to get for you. And they are gold dollars. So I'm going to give you a gold coin for Christmas. I have some extras. Parents, you want one? It is. It's an actual gold dollar. Preston can catch it. Oh, it went in the vase. Jordan, here. And Abigail, you get one too. Well... You know what? Ask your parents. Um, and with that being said, I wanted to wish each of you, shh, I wanted to wish each of you a Merry Christmas. You can go back to your seats with your candy canes and your dollars. Preston, did you find your dollar? Okay, good. Nobody take my extras. So the people that lived before Jesus Christ, they had to wait for his arrival. And here's a thought that I had even just this morning that kind of struck me as, as interesting. And that is they went to the town where David was from. And I think to myself, what must have been King David's thought? Knowing that he was in heaven and knowing that what he had waited for was happening and that Jesus was being sent to the earth. How incredible a thought that must be for him to have understood that that was going to happen and that he was in heaven and watching what was taking place. I want to read to you or summarize to you a portion of scripture which is not often used during the nativity and it's Galatians chapter four. So if you'll go there with me, what I want to tell you today is that the wait is over. The wait is over. It's an incredible thought that the wait is over, yet we're still waiting in some ways and in some, uh, some pattern of time, but the wait is over. And I'm so thankful because I've waited for planes. I've waited for football games. I've waited for my wife. I've waited for a lot of things in, throughout my life. And I'm always excited when the wait is over and it's finally there. 
So in Galatians chapter three, I just want to give you a short snippet that at the end of the chapter three, it says about God's kingdom. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male or female for all are one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's offspring or Abraham's kids and heirs according to to the promise. This is an incredible thought at Christmas that we have inherited a promise. The promise that was made to Abraham that all nations of the earth would be blessed through him. So now I read Galatians chapter four, verses one through seven. He continues, the apostle Paul, in writing to the church there, he says, I mean that the heir, as long as he is a child, is no different from a slave, though he's the owner of everything. So let me just give it to you in layman's terms. What can he do? So what, he owns it and it's gonna be in his, his inheritance, but he can't until the right time. Verse two says, but he is under guardians and managers until the date that's set by his father. Verse three, in the same way we also, when we were children, were enslaved to the elementary principles of the world. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. Verse five says this, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as children. The Bible says as sons, but it's inclusive here. And because you are sons, in verse six, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son than an heir through God. So the fullness of time came and Mary delivered this child whom they named Jesus, that God would send forth his son born of a woman yet born of God as well. The fullness of time came and that meant for those people who had been waiting all of that time that the wait was now over. The truth is, is rescue is possible even today 2,000 plus years after Jesus' birth and after the time of him walking this earth. Simply believing in him as God's son and his gift to us is the thing that rescues us. So if you've been rescued, here's the thought. Join the effort to rescue others around you. I love that they say that the name means God with us. The thought is that God became human Think about that significant thought for just a moment. There really is nothing more amazing about our faith than that God chose to become human. That he didn't send a messenger, although he had sent hundreds and probably thousands before, and he sent millions after, but he did not just send a messenger in that moment. He brought a message himself. God did not send someone to redeem you, but he came himself. So we've all waited in doctor's offices, um, maybe for a plane, other things like that. And the interesting thing is you wait and you wait in the doctor's waiting room, and then you walk back. And if you're there for a certain type of visit, maybe they weigh you or check your height or something. The nurse introduces herself and she walks you into a room. And then what does she tell you to do? Wait more. 
the doctor will be right with you. Now, this is not a criticism about our healthcare industry or the way doctor's offices run. The point is we've waited and now we still have to wait. You wait for the plane. You finally see all the people come off the plane. They're cleaning the plane. Okay, now you can get on the plane. And then you sit there and you wait and you wait and you wait until it can take off. In those moments, these examples shed some light on the waiting that we do as believers because we've all waited for him to come, but now we're waiting again for him to return. And the awesome thing is, is that he told us that he would come again and he told us to watch and be ready for him because he's going to take us home to be with him forever. So I say this to you if you're a believer here today, make the most of your waiting. I love this song and I'll close the message with this and we'll take communion in just a moment. But the worship team can go ahead and join me. This song says, and you may be familiar with it, it's an older song, a hymn. It says, come thou long expected Jesus, born to set thy people free. From our fears and sins release us. Let us find our rest in thee. Israel's strength and consolation, hope of all the earth thou art. Dear desire of every nation, joy of every longing heart. Born thy people to deliver, born a child and yet a king, born to reign in us forever. Now thy gracious kingdom bring. By thine own eternal spirit rule in all our hearts alone, by thine all-sufficient merit, raise us to thy glorious throne. In just a moment, we'll observe communion. If you've been with us over the last several weeks, we've actually offered communion every week um, during December because we're not really sure who's gonna be with us and who's not going to be. At each one of our prayer stations to the left or to the right of you, you can see that there are communion trays and I encourage you during this song, if you wanna step out and go and take your communion out of there and come and sit back at your seat or stand at your seat. I'd like to talk about communion for a brief moment before we close, but as we do that, feel free to do so. The only thing that we say is, you don't have to be a member here at our church, but you must be a member in the family of God in order to observe communion. So if you haven't had the chance, or maybe you say today is Christmas Eve, and I wanna do it again, I wanna take that moment. Then as they sing and as they lead us in a short chorus, we'll go ahead and step out of our seats to do that. And as you hold that in your hands, I just wanted to bring out something that I think is pretty important about this. In the Garden of Eden, there's a tree that brings about death. That tree is the knowledge of good and evil. And there's also a tree that brings about eternal life. And it's the tree of life. This shows us, the story in Genesis shows us that damnation comes through disobedience, but that eternal life comes as a result of our obedience. In fact, in 1 Peter 2, 24, the Bible describes Christ's redemption as coming through the tree of the cross, which is an allusion to Eden. It says this, he himself bore our sins in his body on that tree that we might die to sin 
and live to righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. So Christ was the fruit of Mary's womb, according to the scripture. He was the prophesied seed of woman based on Genesis chapter three, all the way back. And when we take communion, we are taking part of the tree of life, which God has promised us would provide eternal life. It is Christ himself. So when the wait is finally over, he will return to take us home and our home will be the original status of what Eden was. All things will be restored. All things can be redeemed because of the gift of his son. Hold that cracker with reverence in this moment. Father, I thank you on this Christmas, the honor that I have to pastor and lead and spiritually shepherd these people. I thank you to be able to have the opportunity to stand here and to bless this wafer that we know is not your body, but it's something to help us remember you and the gift and the sacrifice you made. So Lord, today as we take this, I pray that you would bless it. In the name of Jesus, I pray. You may eat the cracker. The Bible says on that night that he was betrayed, he took the cup and after he blessed it, he shared it. Father, I thank you that you sent your son to share in our grief, in our sorrow. Lord, I thank you. Jesus experienced loss, betrayal, hardship, trial, temptation, all of those things. He walked where we walk. And Lord, you allowed him to do so, so that he could be the one the answer, the promise that we've been waiting on. Lord, help us to take advantage of the fact that he already has come and help us to share him with others, I pray. Lord, bless this cup of communion that we take in Jesus' name, amen. You may drink. Merry Christmas. From my wife and I, from the staff here at Celebrate Church, that includes Pastor Cameron and Miss Becca and Megan Goodson, we are so thankful for all the many blessings that God has bestowed on us as a church and us as his people. I'm thankful and I want you to know, I, like the Apostle Paul, thank God every time I think of you. And so I want you to know this Christmas, as we unwrap gifts and as we maybe worry about paying our bills in January. Hopefully you didn't go too crazy. But as all of that busyness happens, take a moment in God's presence with your family and appreciate the true gift of Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. We hope to see you next Sunday.